ready for some word today? Had a great time in the Philippines last week and good things happened there. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. People were saved and set free. And I was warm. <laughs> While you guys were freezing. <laughs> but I'm back. I already forgot what it felt like. <laughs> and uh, anyway, appreciate everyone doing their jobs around here and keeping things rolling. And got a great team. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4, if you've been with us, we've been... I've been teaching in a series, and uh, this is the kind of the starting point we've been using for this series called Life in the Spirit, and uh, God's been doing tremendous things, and uh, in fact, the last time, in, fact, in this first service two weeks ago, that was one of the strongest anointings I've ever ministered under in, in, in speaking in the last 29 years, and uh, in this first service, some of you were here, right, and holy spirit. <laughs> <laughs> wow, and it was just a, a, a just a saturation of God's presence, and, and He's still here, by the way. Amen. Uh, let's go ahead and read uh, about life in the Spirit. Second Corinthians four sixteen. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. How many recognize a lot of people in life don't even realize there is an outward man and an inward man? Uh, all they know is they, they just know physical, physical matter, their, their physical body. They don't know they are an inward being. They're, they are a spirit that has a soul that is housed in this body. And we're only in this body temporarily. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't know about spiritual truth spiritual reality, and, uh, and that's the part that's being renewed day by day. Thank you, Lord. Amy, your spirit has not gotten any older <laughs> today. <laughs> uh, amen. Verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at things which are seen... But at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So we have been giving our focus and our attention onto the unseen realm. There is much there to know, much there to learn about, to, be, to participate in. And this is basically the new covenant way to do life. I've identified... Uh, in past sessions, past parts of this series, that the New Covenant, that's the latter part of your Bible, contains references over and over again to doing things in the Spirit, by the Spirit, um, right? And, and, and so that should be our focus, as opposed to the Old Covenant, which was in the book, so to speak. In other words, according to the written code. And, uh, and just living from the external inward, now we live from the internal outward, all right? I was saved, not in my body. I was saved, not in my mind, but I was saved in my spirit, right? So that my life could, or I could say it this way, so the life of God could emanate from me 
from the inside out. And if I learn to live by the Spirit inside, I will learn to control my outside and enjoy God's life in the physical world, but I know that it all starts inwardly. So we are to live in and by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's a reference that Paul, uh, well, a reference we have in our Bible to something that Paul said that's very interesting, and it shows the the uh, what almost looks like a conflict, but it's not. It's over in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10. Notice this on the screen. Uh, 15, 10, Paul wrote, uh, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Isn't that interesting? It's, it's like, so which one was it, Paul? Did you do it or did God do it? Yes. In other words, is he saying that he worked hard? Yes. He said, I worked harder than everybody. Yet there's a dimension to that that's kind of hard to explain because it wasn't just me doing it. It wasn't like it was all about my ability and my effort and my work. I did work hard, but I did it by the grace of God. It was his ability, his might, his power that flowed through my life. And so he worked hard, but yet it was different than the person who just works hard. This is the balance that I want in my life. I believe in being diligent. That's a character trait I want. I want to I be a hard worker. I think there's uh, you know, something to be valued there and, and, and recognized to be a hard worker. Yet I don't want to work so hard. I don't want to do it in such a way where it's all me. And my life is no different than the person who doesn't know the Lord. And I got saved and, and he works hard, the other person works hard, and I work hard, and we're just the same. No, there's got to be something uh, more um, internal, something more spiritual to my life. And that's what Paul was talking about. He said, I'm doing it, but it's not really me. It's the grace of God that works in me. And can you recognize, and just ponder the thought for now, but can you recognize that there are parts of your life that, yes, you're doing everything you know to do, but you are definitely on, on the moving sidewalk. You're definitely on the escalator. Meaning, you're going up and you might even be using your legs. But you're, there's something that's there that's in addition to you. If not, you might be doing it in your own strength. You might be working, watch, in the flesh and not in the spirit. And we want to get to the place where we can identify and recognize, I have a spiritual element. God is absolutely energizing, strengthening, and moving me forward in life. And so when we think about some spiritual activities, like, like prayer, you know, is it work to pray? Is it work to serve? Is it work to give? Here's the answer to all those. Yes. Yes, I've prayed hours and thought, man, this is a lot of work. <laughs> but yet, there's another element to it. Because you can do all these things in your own might, in your own strength, or you can do them yielded to the Spirit of God 
and all of a sudden it's totally different. It's actually, yeah, I'm still working hard, but I enjoy it too. There's an element of satisfaction and joy, and, and it's like something is driving me from the inside. And, and so when we do these things in the Spirit, there is a supply of God's strength and wisdom that enables us to not do it in our own strength. And so uh, is, is something you do in life too hard for you? Do you ever find yourself saying, I can't do this anymore. It's too hard. Well, that might be an indication that what you're doing it could be the wrong thing that you're doing. That's a possibility. We're, you know, wasting our time doing the wrong thing. But it could be that we're doing something good, but in the flesh. That means we're not taking advantage of the Spirit of God. Amen. You're running on your own battery, and you should plug in. And I think all of us have probably been there at some point in life. It's, man, I'm doing this. It's hard. I don't know if I can keep doing this. You can in the Spirit. And that's why we're talking about this so we recognize how, how this works. Sometimes God gives a promise or an assignment and we proceed to do it our own way, in our own might, in our own timing. And we're not plugged into the power that drives this. Look, I can think of it this way. Last Sunday, this is when I made that video for you. Last Sunday, I was... I preached in this church in, where was that? Well, I'm trying to think of the city. <laughs> uh, I'm losing it off the top of my head. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm speaking in this church, and they, they had, their first service starts at 7 a.m. And I thought, that was my first blank. 7 a.m. I don't get up till 7 a.m. <laughs> and uh, 7 a.m. And I thought, who's going to be there? And it's full. Yeah. So, how in the world did they get all these people to come at 7 a.m.? <laughs> so they asked me to do the service at 7 a.m. And then, and then the next one was at 9 a.m. And then, uh, and there was a, we were doing a leadership meeting in the afternoon. So I thought, well, that's doable. I can. We can do that. And then right before, then at kind of last minute, they asked me, well, we have another service at 11. Could you do that one too? Yeah. And by the way, we want you to do a different message in that service too. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, having said all that, I ended up doing the 7 service, the 9 service, and the 11 service. In the 11 service, the power went out. And so, but they were used to that. They all knew what to do because there was windows on the side of this place. And as soon as the power went out, people just all popped up. They pulled these curtains back to let the light in. And then, the, of course, the air conditioner shut off and everything too. Uh, and we had a good service for the rest of it. But I had to shout too because I lost my microphone. We had that here once. <laughs> Uh, once, thank you, Lord, once. Uh, they were used to it. Uh, so I did those services. And, you know, I, I don't know if you know. I mean, I do three services here, so I know how that feels. And there I had prayed for a bunch of people. There were probably 20-some that got saved. And then a whole bunch of them in the last service came down to be filled with the Spirit. And, uh, and so we did all that. And uh, that's not really a paused place. Uh, 
anyway, so we, we, we do that. We finish. It's about 1 o'clock. And um, then we grab something to eat really quick. And then we're off on the road. That's when I made the video on the road. Uh, on the road to the next city, wherever that was, to do that leadership conference. Okay. So I'm kind of used to that feeling. I'm a little bit like, oh. And I get into the leadership conference that already started. The other pastor, Glenn from Washington, was speaking. And so I come in there, and I'm pretty tired. And they, put, they rush me up, put me on the front row. And so I'm sitting there while he's finishing in a glaze. <laughs> and, and knowing that he's going to be done, and I'm coming right up to do the next session. And I don't feel like doing it. I don't want to do it <laughs> at that point. I'm, I'm like, give me something horizontal <laughs> and, uh, and a Diet Coke, <laughs> and, and I'll be fine. <laughs> and uh, anyway, they, he finished, and there I go. I popped up there. I'm pretty zonked, and as soon as I started speaking, I'm totally fine. As soon as I stepped in there, I'm like, I'm, they don't know that I'm how I feel, and they don't know what I'm processing in my mind. I'm thinking, wow, this is good. <laughs> it's like, bring it. I'm flowing. I'm getting stuff. I'm going. It's like, it's like the first service of the day. What is that? That's not me. That, it, it just shows what can happen in the Spirit. See, I was doing that in the Spirit, and therefore I could go beyond my physical ability. I could go beyond my mental capacity to do number four for the day, right? And I think that relates to especially ministry, but it relates to other areas in life too. Uh, go with me, if you would, to the book of Genesis, very first book in the Bible, Genesis 16. Some of you are familiar with the story of uh, Abraham, formerly known as Abram, Abraham and how God gave him a promise. He was an old guy, had an old wife, and <laughs> does, does that sound bad? That was no reference to Amy's birthday, <laughs> because I'm a young guy with a young wife, <laughs> young guy with a younger wife, <laughs> and not just in the spirit. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, God gave Abraham a promise that he would, they would have a child in their old age and then he would be known as the father of many nations. And so physically that was impossible at that point. They were no longer of childbearing years. And of course, Sarah was, uh, you know, barren, right? In Genesis 16, so they have the promise, verse 1, Genesis 16, 1, now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Which is bad doctrine, by the way, but this is a, is a, re a recording of what she said. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram said, you have got to be kidding me. My... <laughs> and Abram said, yes, ma'am. 
whatever pleases you. No, okay, I added that. Abram heeded the voice of Sarai. Then Sarai's, uh, Abram's wife took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife. And Abram, had, uh, after Abram had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan. All right. So this is a picture of God giving a promise that was very specific to what he had in mind that the miracle would be manifest through, through Abram and his wife. But yet they did the math and said, this isn't happening. This isn't working. This, I don't know how this can be. So they came up with an alternative method to, for Abram to become the father of many nations. Isn't that right? And their idea was, well, maybe the Lord wanted us to do this a different way. And they started figuring out there's an alternate plan to how God wants to bring his promise to pass. I don't know if you've ever done that. Have you ever prayed and then you figured out a way to make it happen? And in your heart you knew it wasn't God answering your prayer. It wasn't a, a manifestation of his provision or promise or miracle. You made it happen. Everybody with me today? Have you ever tried to answer your own prayer? And sometimes I think we need to consider it. Now, understand what I'm saying and don't take these things in a, in, in a wrong way. Uh, some people could if you don't understand the, the full scope of what I'm saying. But, you know, is surgery the same as God healing you? Now, here's how you would take that in a wrong way. You'd say, oh, you say you can't get surgery. Something's wrong if I got a surgery. Well, I think healing is the desired goal for all of us, no matter what, right? But I'm just saying, sometimes people are, they're, 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 they're believing for God, supposedly believing for God to do something, and then they, you know, through whatever, through doubt, through questions, through pain, through whatever, they do it a different way. And I'm not saying there's condemnation in that, but then they come away saying, the Lord did a miracle in me. The Lord, the, the Lord healed my body. Awesome. He healed your body. How did he do that? Well, I had a surgery. Well, that wasn't the Lord healing your body. Just call that what it is. Now it gets quiet because that, oh, well, what are you saying? I'm not about to kick anyone down if we're having a surgery. I'm glad you're feeling better. I'm just saying, sometimes we, 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 we say God promised this, and then we can't find an alternate route. And then at the end of that, we say, well, God did it. And I think that makes some of us Christians look phony. Well, God did a miracle for me. Well, how do, I don't doubt that. You know, if you, if you pray and you can have... And, you know, people can have a surgery and pray and, and, and God will speed up their healing process if they'll believe that. And he'll get involved in it and he'll help them in the middle of that. But sometimes pe people on the outside look at us and say, you guys call everything a miracle. It's not. You act like God's moving into your life and that same thing happened to me and I don't have any faith at all. In other words, I think we should call what is, is. Call things like they are. And if it's not a miracle, a miracle of God, don't say that it is. Just say, thank you, Lord. You built our bodies to recover, and I needed a little help cutting this thing out or sewing this back together or whatever the case may be. It's still a, it's still a thank you, Jesus, for life. 
You know, you know I think you understand what I'm saying. Uh, but sometimes we, we substitute, we sacrifice God's best for something that we can do. Something that we can figure out. You know, is uh, the fact that, you know, I was low on finances and, and so I got a second job and I got a third job and, and, and I'm working gazillion hours. Is that God's provision? I'm just raising the question. You know, I don't know for sure what the Lord has dealt with you about or what he's told you to do. And I'm not saying he couldn't tell someone to get a second job and he might provide. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying sometimes we violate our own conscience. We violate the promise because, you know, it doesn't seem like it's working, so we make it work. I'm trusting God for increase, for promotion, for increased finances, and I'm not seeing it happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. And so we step out of the spirit and into the flesh, and we do it. Again, I'm not down on anyone for doing whatever they know to do to provide for themselves and their family and everything else. But I ultimately don't want to live a Christian life in the flesh. And I have to make that call. See, if you look over at Galatians, this is the, the counterpart to what we just read. Paul references this in Galatians. That's in the New Covenant, New Testament. Uh, Galatians chapter 4. Notice over here, he references what we read there in Genesis 16. Galatians 4.21. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law... Do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondwoman, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, and he of the free woman through promise. All right? So he had the two kids, but one was called a flesh kid, that was how he came about. What do you mean flesh? Meaning, this is not working. Maybe the Lord intended, and they start coming up with whatever they can figure out, you can have a baby through uh, Hagar. That's called flesh. They answered their own prayer. They fulfilled the promise of God, whereas once they, you know, found out, no, that's not the right way to do it. That's not God's plan. They believed, they stood in faith, and it took a long time. It was for an appointed time, but then he eventually had Isaac, and they had that miracle baby in their old age. He of the free woman was through promise. So see the contrast? Flesh versus promise. One's the flesh, one's the promise. Um, the 29th verse reads... But as he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the spirit, even so it is now. And so living according to the flesh is basically doing life your way according to your ability. Living according to the spirit is living through the promises of God. This is not relying upon human effort, but believing God's word. Remember, Second Peter said it is through these amazing, precious promises that we obtain uh, freedom from this corrupt world. 
living by the promise is contrasting living by the flesh. You know, I used to say in different subject, subjects that I'm teaching on, I'll ask this question, what verse? When someone said, oh, uh, Pastor, would you pray for me? Sure, happy to pray for you. And I'll say, well, what verse are we going to use? What verse are we going to stand on? What promise are we going to use? Oh, well, oh, I don't know. I mean, I just need... See, they have no foundation or basis for their faith. They're not living by the promise. They're just living out of their head. I'm just going to ask God to do it. I know, but what did he promise you? If you've got his promise, you've got his guarantee. And you know the answer before you even pray. Right? So there's flesh and there's promise too. Sometimes people pray in the flesh. Totally. I just don't understand why God hasn't heard me. Why God hasn't answered me. Well, what scripture did you use? What promise did you, did you base your prayer off of? You say, well, well, that takes time to look things up. I know, but it works. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather take time to look something up and get ready and pray and have it work than, than pray and pray and beg and, <laughs> and, and ask a thousand people to pray for me and nothing ever happens. Good. Everybody okay? And so when I say these things, and I give some of these illustrations, I'm not throwing anyone under, under the bus, so to speak, but you need to know where, uh, what's in your heart. Are you operating in the flesh, or are you operating in the spirit? Are you trusting God that he's going to bring to pass what he told you? Or did he give you a word, or gave you a promise, or you have a, have a desire, and you're working so hard just in everything you can figure out to do it? And because, well, didn't, I've been standing for six months and nothing's ever happened. Well, I get that, but, uh, but if you're in the Spirit, you'll stay. And you don't give up. And on, God, you've got this window right here to move in. If you don't move in this window, I'm going over to Hagar. And I'll make this happen one way or another. <laughs> no, no. How about I'm just going to trust him, period. How, well, how long? Well, like forever. Forever, because his word is true. And so um, you can see here that it talks about this persecution. This is why this is kind of, I don't know if this is getting any, under anyone's skin today, probably not too many people uh, here. But in the world today, when people trust God for salvation and do nothing to try to get it, religious people freak out. What are you saying? You saying you can just live any old way and still go to heaven? You just have to pray a prayer and you're going to heaven? It annoys them. <laughs> I'm saying, well, yeah. Yeah, I really believe Jesus did it all for me. And I'm doing this in the spirit, not according to my own flesh. But, but, but it, when, you, when someone starts to live this way and they're trusting God, trusting God, people will come against them and say, well, dude, you still have to do something. Well, what do you mean I have to do something? I'll do stuff that's spirit-led and spirit-directed, but I have to watch out for falling off into the other ditch where I'm answering my own prayer. I'm bringing to pass the promise of God in my own life because I've figured out a way because I'm tired of trusting Him. Let's talk about this, this phrase, uh, in the Spirit. We use that a lot. Scripturally, that's, um, that, that's a, a biblical phrase. In the Spirit. One place we find that phrase is in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 10. Look, look on the screen and see what it says here. John, uh, the apostle, writes, 
I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a voice, a loud voice as of a trumpet. So John says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. What does that imply? The day before he wasn't in the Spirit. In this regard, and you know this is where when he had this, he was in the Spirit. That's when the whole rest of the book of Revelation came to him. Okay, all of a sudden he sees the Lord, he has great revelation and vision, and, and we have the entire book, and it all come, came out of this experience where he was in the Spirit. All right? So being in the Spirit can often reference a spiritual experience that you don't necessarily turn on and turn off, but in the Spirit, he saw these things. Uh, but I, I want to also encourage you, if you're not in the Spirit, don't try to see things. Don't try to see angels. Don't try to see the Lord. Don't try to see demons. Don't try to don't be looking for stuff good. If you're not in the spirit, you get in dangerous territory. All right. These things are designed to operate in the spirit. So there are spiritual experiences that are not controlled by us. John didn't just flip the switch one day and say, "I think I'm going to write a book." Revelation. It'll be such an awesome book. If anyone messes with it, they'll get cursed. No, we can't just flip that switch. Those are things that are given to a person by the Lord. But another reference in the book of Romans uses that language in the spirit a little bit different. It's Romans chapter 8 and verse 9. And it reads, But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And so, what I see in this passage is that if the Spirit of God has moved into me, I am called in the Spirit. So, if you're saved, you've received the Lord, you could say, I am in the Spirit. But this being in the Spirit is not synonymous with John's being in the Spirit. That's something that may come and go. This in the Spirit is something that remains. But this being in the Spirit gives us the potential, then, to walk in the Spirit. Once I'm in the Spirit, by virtue of being saved and the Spirit of God dwelling in me, now I can walk in the Spirit or I cannot walk in the Spirit. And that's a lot of the emphasis of that particular book. In fact, it, it says in verse 5, Romans 8, 5, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So if I'm in the Spirit by virtue of my salvation, therefore I have the potential to walk in the Spirit, to live in the Spirit, based upon what I think about. If I will set my mind on spiritual things, spiritual things then become my reality. They become my expectation, my normal way of living in life. I constantly have an awareness of God leading me, providing me, taking me up the escalator, right? The Lord empowering me, the Lord speaking to me. If I set my mind on things of the Spirit. In other words, if you go back to Galatians, what was in the Spirit? It was living according to the promise. One thing I can do to live in the Spirit is to ponder God's promises. Think about what He promised me. So how often should I do that? I recommend like all the time, regularly. Think about, 
Well, the Lord promised this. Well, the Lord said he'd provide my need. Well, the Lord said he'd do this. The Lord said he'd never leave me. The Lord said he'd, he'd guide my steps. He'd order my life. The Lord, and, and just ponder, ponder, ponder. Think about the promises of God. That enables us to live and walk in the Spirit. And, and I can't live a... I can't, I can't think fleshy thoughts all week, pop in here, do some spiritual thinking spiritual pondering and benefit from the power that comes from the spirit realm i'm going to be living out of my flesh i'm going to be living out of the outside unless i can keep my mind stayed on spiritual things all right the carnal mind has big problems the spiritual mind has a big god and if we can remember this i can walk in the spirit and benefit from his power. Let me, let me just, uh, man, time has gone really fast here today. Uh, let, me, uh, let me break this down into real practical, practical stuff. Watch out about pushing, about making or forcing things in your life. That's when you find yourself pushing people pressuring individuals to do things for you to make them happen you'll find yourself getting in the flesh when you get just so frustrated i'm going to talk to people sternly and harshly and i'm man you, you know we're getting in the flesh we're not resting we're not trusting if i find myself worrying i'm laying awake at night ah just worrying about stuff again and again and again. I'm likely, I've left the spirit and I've entered into the flesh. What, I'm going to make this happen because I'm thinking about it so much? See, these are the, these are the areas that, that we get in the flesh with. Uh, you know, like a, a, a single person wanting to get married. That's a promise from God. And, and the Lord will provide you a spouse. Uh, but what, what could a person do? They could push so hard that they're going to marry they're going to get married period and they're going to uh manipulate the situation they're going to push and nowadays you know with dating sites and all that kind of stuff uh it's very possible for you to push that too far well, i just find someone that matches and we'll start we'll find and i'm not saying someone couldn't find a spouse in that method but as a believer you need to know inside am i pushing this am i forcing this or am i really trusting god because you'll end up just marrying you know the first thing that comes along that kind of fits somewhere in your category everybody okay well i just really want to get married trust him trust him amen well, how do i know if i'm not you know you do. You know if you're pushing it too far. You know, uh, I, some people that are single and they, they're, they're Christians, so they pop around from church to church just to see, you know, check out the, the flock. <laughs> and in one sense, you think, well, that's more noble than popping in to, from bar to bar. And I would agree with that. You probably get a better choice checking out the churches. But I just go back. Are you being led? Is that trusting the Lord? I, I, I know when I first, uh, uh, when I was 
I finished Bible college and you know they call they call that bridal college and all that kind of stuff. I successfully ran through that without getting married. <laughs> Not because I didn't want to, just it didn't happen. The right person wasn't there. And then I when I moved to Twin Falls and uh, I joined, you know, I start working with youth and stuff at this church. When I started, they were, there were 60 people in the whole church on a Sunday. I was counting the kids, the mouse in the corner, you know. <laughs> In a small town, small church, and I'm believing God for a mate. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Do the math. Stinks to be you. <laughs> right? And, and so some, you could easily jump into where you start pushing. And you start looking in the flesh. You're looking too hard. You're trying to make something happen instead of trusting the right person, the right way, the right time. And, uh, you know, said, did you have to wait? Yes. Took a little while. But then look what the Lord has done. <laughs> All of a sudden, the young lady over there <laughs> comes strolling into church one day. And, uh, you know, and how that works. I'm just saying... Are we trusting God or are we working hard in our own selves just to make things happen? We understand the temptation. You know, it's like when someone, they, get a, they want a, a new car and, and they get car on the brain. I mean, no, I've had car on the brain before. And, and all of a sudden you start, you know, it's like I'm praying for a new car. I'm trusting God to provide this. And, and then you get it on the brain. You drove it and it looks good. And now you're going to figure out some way to make it happen. You're no longer trusting God to give it to you or provide the finances for it. Now you're just saying, well, I could do this and do this. And it's only, you know, it's only a five-year commitment at $800 a month. And, and uh, we, could, we could cut back on, you know, and you start doing all this stuff. And before you know it, you're worshiping the vehicle. It wasn't God's provision. It's not that he didn't want you to have it, but it didn't come his way because now you're strapped. And now maybe your, your family or whatever, they're suffering in other areas. You've got that truck. Bam. $60,000 truck. It's nice. You look good driving it. It probably feels good. It's probably got God all over it, except it was the flesh how you got it. We just don't want to get to a place where we're going to get something. We're going to do something no matter what. So we have to twist and finagle and pressure people. We're up worrying. Sometimes we need to learn. I know I hate this word. You hate this word? Wait. I hate both meanings of that word. Wait, you know, and, <laughs> and wait. But don't give up on God's plan and provision just because something's not immediate. Stand, trust Him. So many times there's some opportunity coming around the corner. You, there's no way you could ever see it, but He sees it. There's something going to change in your life. Something's going to change at work. Something's going to change in your social in, in life. And things are going to move around. There's no way for you to see how it's going to happen. But if you trust Him and stay in the Spirit, what do you mean? Ponder the promise. Thank Him for it. And stand. I don't see anything happening. He's a big, big God. Come on. Stay in the Spirit. Mind the things of the Spirit. And watch His promises come to pass in your life. Amen.
Praise God. Father, we're so thankful today that you're working in us, you're working through us, you're working among us. You never leave us nor forsake us.